Welcome to the We Are From Dust podcast, episode 16, The Colour of Black Rock. My name is Yomi Ayeni. I am the chief instigator at We Are From Dust. We Are From Dust is an art non-profit organisation dedicated to the proliferation of large-scale participatory and interactive art in public places and spaces. Today, I am joined by Erin Douglas, a photographer and creator of the Black Burner Project, a multicultural movement driving inclusivity at Burning Man. Erin, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. What inspired the Black Burner Project? Well, I guess it kind of started a year before I knew about the idea. So um, I was in, I was gifted a ticket to go to Burning Man in 2017 by a dear friend and was very um, nervous <laughs> about this, you know, adventure that I was about to go on. And I guess more nervous because I, you know, as you mentioned, I'm a photographer, but I'm a travel photographer. I am used to traveling places and abroad on my own. Um, I'm also used to just being one of very few of people who look like me. So the nerves of, around Burning Man was different for me, considering I, you know, I, I was used to um, being in white spaces and traveling. So the fact that I was so nervous was, you know, I just kept that in my pocket as something to 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 reflect on later. Um, and going there, seeing people of color, more people than I expected, and coming back and being approached by an influx of people around what this event was and or the mostly because a lot of people said they'd known about Burning Man for a long period of time but I was the first person that they'd known who was black or who looked like them that that they'd known had gone and so because of that they became more curious and basically just said that they just always put the idea of going to Burning Man on the back burner because they felt it wasn't for them. And because I had so many people say this, the idea kind of came to me about um, thinking about going back the next year and photographing people of color so that, you know, visuals of this were more attainable for people to see. And as a photographer, I know what the impact of visual images can do and it already shown the impact already. And, and basically not because I was showing, I had photos of people of color, but it's because I was someone who was a person of color showing these images. So that's where the idea came from, mainly because people were reaching out and very curious. And I thought it was a shame that someone had known about it for so long and didn't, and hadn't explored going. The, the, it begs the question, what were people saying about this adventure and what were your initial concerns uh, about going to a place? Obviously you'd heard about it. Yes, yes. You know, I, I think because of who my friend is, I honestly didn't do as much research as I would tell someone else to do. I, was, I, I, I trusted her, but I felt like it was completely opposite of anything I would have chosen to do and invest in, you know, sleeping out in the desert, um, you know, this idea of wild and partying and 
um, experimental things. Like it just wasn't in my head, something that I was going, that I thought that I was going to be into and enough that I was going to enjoy what, you know, what I thought Burning Man was. And I think people have this idea that like they would do things, but they, you know, the, the idea that people really make decisions based off of the evidence, the things that they see just plays a huge part in, in the misconceptions we make up our, in our minds about everything, basically, basically. So I don't, you know, I don't remember anything specifically in my head. I just remembered I was just nervous <laughs> in general. I obviously I'm from the UK and and my background is a little bit different but at the same time um, I am black as well and I right. often I've often looked at the reasons why people of color wouldn't go to Burning Man mm -hmm. and there's a cultural aspect to it that I myself have been trying to get my head around um, the, the situation and the cultural history, history of the U.S. is a little bit different. Would, would you say not having someone to tell you about it or to talk more or less an ambassador of the, of the event to actually explain what it is in itself would, would, was a barrier to other people being interested? And this I'm more or less giving this a cultural sort of context. And not wanting to witter on a little bit too much but if for instance you're comfortable you've done the college thing you've got a decent job you're in an environment that you're pretty happy with and then someone suggests you camp in a tent you're in the desert the music may not necessarily be your type of music the people are of a totally different complexion to yours and there's no showers Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that's hard to wrap your head around, especially because any, you know, any, most of the information you're going to find online doesn't do any more encouraging, you know, encouragement. So I think it's, when someone, you know, I think travelers, especially in the black demographic, we, it's not that we don't travel. We have made like huge strides and like spending money on travel. Um, and so the idea that I'm going to spend money, that amount of money and not be served a cocktail sitting by a pool or, you know, just relax. It's, you need someone to be able to tell you pretty in detail why it's worth that. And I don't think that what there is out there did, um, was doing enough of that. And especially, obviously not coming from someone um, who was a person of color where there was a trusting aspect of that information that was, that would be given. So I, I don't think it's, it's a hard, it's a hard one to sell. That's for sure. <laughs> Before we get on to talking about your first experience, has the landscape changed? Yeah. I, I mean, I've been, three years in a row and I've seen a significant change in the years that I've been. And I think there is more out there that does a better job at explaining it. I don't know if there's a, enough information coming from people who are black and brown yet. 
But I also know that even though it's changed for me, it hasn't changed for everyone. So what I see, um, I might just be lucky of seeing an influx of uh, you know, racial diversity because of the project, whereas other people might still see seven people who look like them throughout the week. So I think it really depends on where you're coming from. And it's, 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 it's doing better, but I don't think there's enough for it to be wise, widespread of something that's evident to everybody there. I first went out in 1998. Yeah. And at that point, I believe I was one of the few black people who, who went to, sure. to Burning Man. Yeah. Uh, and it took the best part of eight to nine years mm-hmm. before I saw a change. And that change wasn't actually evident mm-hmm. as such. While working for, for the Burning Man and the media team, I am one of the people I fortunate enough to have a meal a day provided by the organization. So I went to the commissary and on walking in, I saw more black people in the commissary than I had seen in all the years that I had been going to Burning Man. And then I realized a lot of the people of color that were going at that point weren't going there to party as such or to do the fashion Instagrammy sort of weird stuff that goes on, they were going there to actually help build the city, mm-hmm. which was a, it was a shocker for me. Cause I just thought, wow. So guys now actually get why I come every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't that evident in the respective theme camps that I had seen. Right. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. So what was your first experience of Burning Man? <laughs> um, it was overwhelming. I, I, I don't, when I, I think I had no real idea of what it was going to be like. And I'm not sure if I had any expectations. I was just like, all right, let me go. And I was lucky enough to be with a camp of friends, people who I had known um, predominantly from, mainly from New York. Uh, so that was luckily comfort, comforting, but it took a really long time for me to relax. Maybe to, maybe almost the last two days where I was able to get out of my head and relax and sit in what it was that I was experiencing and allow myself to um, to not judge myself or or anything. Um, I knew it was special, but I still it, it was so overwhelming for me. It was just indifferent, even as someone who's like I said traveled traveled the world, I knew that this was a different type of travel experience, even though it was not, you know, it was just a few hours of plane ride in in the States. Um, Were were you able to separate your professional self from your, from, from Erin? The first year, yes. Um, The first year I was not comfortable taking out my camera. I don't think I took it out until midweek and mostly just took photos of people in my camp, people who came to my camp, people who were surrounding my camp. So I had befriended that week, but I just wanted to make sure people were comfortable and I, and I just wasn't sure how things worked out there. So uh, it took a while for me to, to pick the camera up um, and figure it out. And I did a lot of you know, tagging along with friends and didn't really allow myself to explore on my own. And so I think coming back from it, 
I, I just went through a time where I was just like, I really don't know how I feel about it. I was not sure if I was going to go back. And I wouldn't say it was because it was horrible. I just didn't know what it was. I was like, I don't know what I experienced, honestly. Um, I didn't know how to explain it to people. Um, obviously, it was a lot easier to to talk to people who had gone, for, gone too. And luckily, I had some other friends who uh, went for the first time who I convinced to go. And so that was really helpful. But I it took going the second year for me to feel comfortable, honestly, and to really, really just allow myself the, the ability and freedom to take on what the playa, what Burning Man kind of gives you the space to do. But I do know that it was that first year was needed for everything else to, to happen in the next, you know, in the following, following years. And so honestly, I think if if the idea, you know, the idea for burning for, for the project came because of the first year, and if Burning Man kind of gave me the opportunity or the idea that I could step into this idea that was so out of the box for me, um, and the idea that I wanted it to be something that was big, I, you know, and so I think it gave me that space, and I didn't realize that it had. But I'm not sure if I had if I didn't have that idea or the the will to kind of go after it if I would have gone back the second year or not. I might have. Some friends might have been convincing for me to try it again. But I knew that, all right, if this project, if I put in a proposal and if I get a ticket, if those fall into place, then I'll go and I'll do it. You know, that was kind of like the push for me to to go the second year and everything um, fell into place. So So tell us about the length and the breadth of the Black Burner project now? Ooh. <laughs> so, you know, when I started it, although I knew I wanted it to be far beyond my social media, I really just had no, no clue. Uh, it was a photography project. And I think it's, it's more than a photography project at this point now. I didn't know more ideas would come about in terms of how I wanted to to make an impact or to help the, the mission behind it all. And I didn't know it would be received so well and other people would wanna support and to help. And I think one of the big things that came about the first year was the group photo that happened at the end of the week. And I got the idea midweek. And so <laughs> midweek, and I didn't think it would be possible to put on because it's Burning Man and, you know, it's, who remembers anything and you don't have a, you know, <laughs> you don't have a, you know, a reminder. Like it's just, just, I didn't think it was possible. And I think after that second, after that, that moment, I realized how significant it was. It was emotional. And from there, I think it became not just a photography project, but something that could be, you know, this yearly event. And then, um, the, you know, even the first year it, it was well received, but la I think 2019 is kind of where things really took off and my ideas behind some other projects within the within Blackburner project in terms of how to bring diversity start to come about and, and me thinking that it was possible for, for me to do. So it's, I mean, it's been, an, uh, the project has, has evolved and I think it has the the ability to get even bigger in terms of how it can um, 
it can help with driving diversity and bringing more awareness within the BIPOC community. You know, me being able to, or people wanting me to speak about it at different, um, you know, travel or conferences opens up all these opportunities for more people to learn about what it is from a perspective that isn't talking about the parties and, you know, and all of those things. So it's, I don't know if I answered your question. But. No, no. I, it, it, it's gone, you've pointed out that it's gone beyond photography in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What other tentacles has it got? Well, I think, I mean, there's, al- there's always been this aspect of obviously the storytelling, but, you know, sharing the stories in a way that, you know, now I'm doing these IG lives it just brings on not just not just more people beyond the, the subjects before it was just about the subjects that I photographed and, and interviewing them. Now it's opened the doors for any person of color who can uh, to share their stories which brings on, you know, this ability for anyone to be able to just like have this reminiscent 60 minutes, not just person of colors, but any burner to, to um, just reminisce in the, the experience of what Burning Man has given them and open the doors for more people to share their, their stories. You know, the idea of working on, you know, ways to help camps you know, think of ways to become more diverse in working with camps. Um, the idea of, you know, trying to encourage more artists of color to to get out there and to build and to, you know, come up with some some type of program within Black Burner Project that could that's a, can support that. It's I think there's just so many things that can happen. Um, now and that are, I guess, underway in terms of ideas that will just broaden the reach and then also the the um, just the level of of impact it will have. I just think it's reaching people, but it's in a way where it's compelling. Tell us about tell us about camping on the playa and theme camps. How has that been for you? Oh my gosh. It's been, um, uh, <laughs> I, well, so I have been in a camp where it started off at about, I don't know, maybe 16, I think there was my first year. And my third year, uh, the camp, which was street life camp, <clears throat> I think we had about 32, which is, was a good number for, for us. And I think every year I learned something new. I'm a, a tent camper. And I think I went from like a two person tent and now I'm at a, maybe a six or eight person tent. <laughs> you, you need the um, space. I, yes, I, space is huge. So I should have just went all in the second year and got like a 10 person, good 10 person tent. And just, you know, um, cause I see myself just you know, space organization is really huge for me. Um, my second year, I think there were vents. So a lot of dust came in my, my tent. I mean, not a lot. It was just overtaken by dust and it was really hard for me to. That can happen. Yeah. I just couldn't become one. I did for, I did force myself to be like, okay, you're just going to have to live with the dust in a different way. Like you'll wake up in a sheet of dust, but it was hard. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's a, if it's a difficult thing for someone who hasn't camped, in general, let alone out there in the desert, um, where you can have a, a 
a long night and be um, and not get much sleep, not because you don't want to sleep, but because the heat and, you know, just figuring out what works for you. You know, it takes it takes a lot, but it's been really good to learn and, you know, very quickly about your needs and to be able to come back and and have those things figured out. I feel like Burning Man is like this full year thing where this year is the first time we kind of had a break from Mm -hmm from thinking about anything Burning Man, but I feel like once you leave it, you're still thinking because you've learned so many things that you're mm-hmm. going to be incorporating. Um, and then, you know, depending on your 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 way of organizing and how you, you go about things, you, you pretty much start implementing them pretty quickly after. How are you with, with the ply on your skin? I mean, oh. I, I, I have major issues. I, I mean, I shower every day. I have to shower every day because you step out, and before you know it, you you you've lost you've lost you've lost your complexion. Oh my! Oh yeah! I mean, and it's 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 you know, as a darker skinned woman, you know, it's it's hard because on some people you're like, are you even dusty? You can't you know you can't tell as much on some people, and I don't know how people uh, get away with not being dusty. I've heard that having. Um, uh, coconut oil on you, although it's going to attract more, you're going to be toasty. Mm. Um, it helps with the the dust not sticking on you. As really? Well. I, that's what I've seen. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, I'm going to have to invest in some coconut oil because sure as hell that stuff is. I, I I step out and I look at my feet like really again. No, it's no getting in it. That was probably the biggest challenge my first year was seeing myself dusty but culturally i mean that dust is making you is not just on you it's it's changing your skin you are dry it is it's not just like sand at the beach you know mm-hmm. it's a different it's a different element and level of and so seeing it on me it made me you know i looked at myself and it it was like i was ashy you know yep. and so concept of like i can't let allow my skin to look like this and talk with my hands as I do in front of people. That's just not, you know. So it took a long time. And it actually, my friends who were also first timers came a few days after me. So I had a few days of, you know, this challenge of having this dust on me and anywhere. And then me looking at my friend who just kept, you know, taking out a baby wipe and wiping herself and wiping herself where I said, you know, you're going to save a lot of time and energy if you just, just give in. I was like, cause it's not going anywhere. And she just, she's like, but, and I'm like, I'm telling you, it's going to open up a lot, you know, a lot of mental space if you just, (laughs) (laughs) cause you're using a lot of energy to, you know, when it comes to your focus on it and Mm. then wanting to clean yourself and then noticing that it's on again and so I'm like you're you're really losing a lot of time when you when that's your focus and so it took me then is it, I wasn't one with it yet but I was very aware where I was like I really think this is more a me issue than me than anybody else who's looking at my skin and judging me <laughs> well I I know someone who w- walked out after a shower got covered went back into an RV cleansed fully with um, wet wipes and all the others. Stepped out and ran straight into a whiteout. (laughs) (laughs) All within about an hour and a half. 
that'll do a lot to you. It really, <laughs> really messes with you. And uh, based on what, what 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 I can see, I think we've we've probably got very very similar hair problems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just that first year was tough, and and. I remember, I don't remember if it was my second year, but I remember talking to someone. I used my hands a lot and realizing that I wasn't thinking about the dust on my hands. <laughs> and it was such a revelation. I was like, wow, that's huge. That's like ginormous step, you know, for me to, for me to have forgotten about it. And my hands were just as dusty, ashy, whatever you want to call it, looking as it had been, you know, that year before. But the dust isn't is is hard to, to to get over, but it's also, you know, as a photographer, it makes everything look so beautiful. Also, you know, in the images, and so it's it's yeah, it's hard. I mean, some of my favorite images are of people who have just the dustiest of dust, you know, skin and hair and eyelashes and eyebrows and everything <laughs> I, I i think by putting it that way you should really start marketing this stuff as a photography <laughs> aid you know I'll, you'll get the best photographs ever just let me cover you in a little bit of playa dust yes exactly <laughs> exactly so. i mean having having been several times how do you sell the burning man experience to, to friends who now ask you about it how do you how do you scale their concerns and I I I guess their their hardwired sort of thoughts on what this thing is and what it could do to them? You know, I guess it's more my storytelling. Like I don't think I don't remember ever telling them about like my daily life. I know like they'll ask about the porta potties and they'll ask about the sleeping arrangements. And for some people, I'm like, look, it's honestly, I'm not trying to sell it to everyone. I'm just trying to encourage the right people that it's okay, that it's it's a, it's an experience that's worth um, trying out at least once. You know, burning it's not for man. everyone. You say Burning Man is not for everybody. Yeah, it's not for everyone, but it is for you if you're for it, is what I said. Like if you're, if you're open to it, if there's some curiosity, I think that's a huge step um in 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 the sense of maybe you just hard art hard on just aren't interested and that's fine you know but i think you should be not interested for the right reasons and so to really understand what it is and not be and not make that decision based off of just hearsay or you know what pinterest shows that's going to show you some that's not going to really give you any insight to what it is um and so I, and i think you know, now them seeing more people of color and hearing the types of what they talk about, which is really much deeper than any party <laughs> and or, you know, someone they saw or I don't know anything. It's, it's you know, you barely talk here about that. It's really deep kind of um, stories that people are sharing and and, you know, where I don't usually use the word magic and I don't know any other time I've used the word magic, you know, um, and that, and, and hearing so many other people understand what magic means and they're only burners, I think brings up more curiosity. Like, what are they talking about? And then also I think as a New Yorker, I'm like, look, I have been to one day events where the porta potties are 
just as bad. Or I have walked, you know, all day hot, you know, late July, summer in New York City and have come back dirtier than I felt at Burning Man. So, you know, and, and, you know, I, and, and with some of my friends being in New York is I'm like, you know, it's not, it's just not, I think what you think of. And if you can survive a summer in New York City walking, coming back with like dirty black feet, you can survive the dust or the dust being on your skin. And um, I was like, it's just not what you think. It's hard, but it, I think that your idea and concept of it might be, it's probably skewed. And um, if you can, if you can do these things, then you can probably deal with the, at least in terms of what most feel it would be the hardest part would be, you know, the not showering, but I'm like, but you can shower in the porta potties. I'm like, but you can find really nice, decent porta potties. And, oh. you know, um, and also it's just like, there's, you, you figure out things. It's all about like problem solving. So you wind up figuring out things that work, when to go to the porta potties, which porta potties to go to, bringing essential oils, you know, when they're cleaned, uh, you know, all these, all these different things. And there's 80,000 people, everyone's going, like everyone's going to the bathroom and everyone's mm. dealing with, it. so it's not, you know, it's, you're not the only one, you know, there are 80,000 people and everyone has to go and everyone survives going to the bathroom. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Absolutely. I mean, tell us about your, your art experience. What's Burning Man art like for you? You know, it's funny because I always recently realized that I I always look at the art from a distance, and and I the art there. I made it a a point my second year to explore the art more because the set first year I did I did it, and it, I think the art gets even though it's the the main thing around what Burning Man is, it gets lost in the the description of what Burning Man is to the outside world. And so this idea that it's one of the largest art exhibits, is people don't even think about that it's an art exhibit or um, this place where these, you know, magnificent pieces of like just art are out there. Um, it, you know, it just really gets lost. And so I, the art I think is the one thing that helps other than the city and how it's running and it being built and you seeing that it really helps you understand the possibilities. And I think that's what helps people leave Burning Man thinking that anything is possible when you are standing there and this metal thing is, you know, 20 feet high and shooting out fire and it's intricate and detailed and you're like, how and what? And, you know, it's, it, Burning Man wouldn't be the same without the without the art, and so um, you know every year I I just have this kind of new perspective of art and going up closer and wanting to touch it more and not being afraid of it. But it's huge in my in my um, my thought process after I leave the burn and feeling like anything is possible and just being really excited and um, yeah, it's 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 just almost amazing it's really hard to explain i think the art that's out there, that's out there and the that people make these things and not just make it but 
build it out there or bring it, transport it out there and whatever it does out there is it, it runs out there whatever it is it's just like the making and how and all the logistics behind it it's really um it's crazy to think honestly I mean, it, it sounds as if there's been some transformation on your part from the very first instance to where you are now how much has oh, it changed yeah. oh yeah for sure i mean i think it's maybe taking a little bit more time than some people, but I've definitely, I think has been transformative. And, and um, I say it's a transformative space just because it doesn't mean it has to, it doesn't mean you're going to go home and quit your job, but in the very least, it really changes your perspective of things, which you take back with you. And that just kind of has a ripple effect in all the things that you do and how you think. And so because you have new lessons and experiences every year, you start to understand why people go every year because it's a different burn every year for everyone. It really, yeah, it just really starts to change who you are. And for some it's in a very obvious way and for others it's smaller steps. But I think even for the person who goes once and never goes back again, it, it changes them in some way. The Black Burner Project, how's that been received? Because we've talked about the event, we've talked about the art, we've talked about how it's changed you and how how you've, you've structured this amazing concept. It's, I, I get messages or something every day. And I think those have been very helpful in helping me understand what how big the project is because it's to me on this side I really can't tell it's really the um, the feedback that I get from people of how it's helped them and how much it means to them or you know to a camp of or a person who isn't of color who reaches out and and expresses the need for it and how this is you know huge and them wanting to take um, you know, new steps or new angles in um, what Burning Man is and what it looks like to the outside default world. I think my second year, 2019 of the project, I'm entering Burning Man with my camera gear, just thinking, all right, I'm going to go back out and start taking photos and yelling out and screaming people to stop and having to go and explore. And it was not that. It was people were coming to find me. I didn't leave my camp. <laughs> I, I rarely left my camp because so many people were coming and it was exhausting. <laughs> it was really, I mean, I was, it was beautiful, but it was exhausting um, to the point where my camp, my campmates were like, this is Aaron's camp. Like they were just always pointing over like, there she goes, there, she's over there. And so I, I started to realize then I was like, wow, this is not what I expected. People, you know, people really wanted to come and see who started it and wanted to talk and, I mean, talk and talk. And I didn't really have to go and explore. I think most of the photos from 2019 are in front of my camp, basically. <laughs> so for me, it was a little bit harder because I enjoyed going out and exploring and having different background perspectives but but it was also humbling too for for that and and then also to be out and about in the evenings and to know I started the rumor and then the rumor was coming back to me about the group photo that's when I I got really <laughs> I actually got very um 
nervous and scared about that group photo because every day someone was telling me I needed to be there. And, you know, I, I had no concept of what it was going to be like, and I just wanted it to go well. And I was just me and I had no other help really. And, you know, I was stressed. Um, and so to see the, how many people showed up at the, at 2019 group photo showed me how well received it was in the community and how many, and, and how important it was for people because they didn't have to show up and, you know, nearly 300 people did. And so that was huge in a space like Burning Man of, of what that meant and hearing the chatter about amongst everyone of what that meant um, and people crying and hugging, like that was something it took me a long time to really um, gather of like what people, what it meant for people. One of the things people say is you need representation. You need the world to actually see people you relate to, people you, you understand, people you believe share your views and have had similar experiences. You need mm -hmm. to see them in certain roles to actually open the door and make you realize that is attainable. I mean, look at, look at um, Obama, look at Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. You know, you have those examples to show. And you don't normally see that in a social sort of context because mm -hmm. it's almost as if saying, well, this guy can go there, maybe I should go too, as opposed to, oh, he's doing that job, I guess I could too. Right. You know, right. And right. then th that seems to be the, the flag that you, you've hoisted up and is drawing more attention. Yeah, that's, I think, one of the biggest, like, that's basically how everything works, technically. We just aren't giving the access always to be in the positions where we can make more of that happen. Um, I'm sure Burning, like Burning Man knew that there wasn't a lot of, you know, diversity was lacking, but it takes someone who looks like me to open up that, to think about these things because it's a daily thing. When you're not in it, you don't see it. You know, there's plenty of people I had conversations with on the playa who were white burners and I told them about the project and they had a moment where they're like, oh, it isn't diverse you're right. And I'm like, I mean, I, I know that, you know, but you don't have to sit in this space. You can know it, but not have to feel it. And when you don't feel it, then it's not something that's on the top of your list of making a change about, you know? And so you need people who aren't, you know, who aren't from a diverse background to be those people who, who make those changes. It wouldn't have been the same if I don't think if someone else did it. And and I just, it's just important. And you can see that in anything, what's possible. And even Burning Man, if you don't understand it, it has made a lot of things possible for people. It's not just a, a festival, but it's this experience where you grow in seven days more than you would have if you stayed home. And, and also just the fact that, you know, every person, whether you're a person of color or not, you're not the same. And the idea that we don't do these things, quote unquote, or things that are adventurous, or we don't do, you know, we don't swim or we don't skate. is just crazy, you know, <laughs> but it's believable if more people, you know, if, if people say so. And so when you say it, then you believe it and you are okay with not swimming and learning to swim and you're okay with not camping and, and learning and, you know, not going out there. But when you start to see it more, 
then it becomes possible. But, you know, it's, it's hard for even us as a, as a culture to take ourselves outside of that box um, as well, because of these things. Yeah. And you mentioned Burning Man organization. Mm -hmm. How supportive have they been? You know, I think they're, I think diversity or making, um, putting some initiative behind diversity and what they're going to do about it has become significantly higher than their priority list in the past, you know, nine months or, um, and they're very supportive in the sense of, I think they know what's important, the project. And, but I just don't know that they're fully aware, fully, fully sure of how they want to, um, you know, kind of how maybe to, how important or how beneficial it could be to possibly collaborate on a on a um, on a different level. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, the work I'm doing is to convince people that Burning Man is a safe space and that you should spend all this money to go there. And um, in order for them, in order for it to be a truly safe space, it, it takes on. It, it's not just up to me to to tell people it is. Like things have to happen i think from the organizational side so I, so they're supportive and i you know they you know luck since the start i've definitely had more relationships evolve within the organization and hopefully there's um a, a space where we'll be able to collaborate on a um on a different level so that i can do more within the project to make to make an impact when it comes to driving real numbers out there and you know out there on the playa and awareness and art and and all those things so i think it's definitely an important important thing for them now now it's just seeing what's going to happen and making helping them to see that the efforts people are going to need to feel and see the efforts that are done um, that it's not just something that's internal how do you attract more people of color to an event where the the, 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 the the ticket price is a little bit higher oh. than they normally would, oh, yeah. um, where the, the conditions are not as hospitable as you would have, mm -hmm. uh, you're comfortable with. And people there aren't necessarily the people that you would be in a bar with. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard because even once you get past the ticket part. So, I mean, I, I hope to be able to, to get tickets through the project and that to be one barrier that people don't have to, to think about it. You know, I think people think that it's, oh, well, you know, I don't know, black and brown people can't afford it. It's not really that they can't afford it, but you need to convince people that it's worth investing in. And it's a significant amount of money to be in the desert and having to work, you know, like, you can, you know, it costs $1,800 possibly to just get to some destinations, you know, but when you get there, it's not going to be in the desert and you're not going to have to deal with all of the elements and the challenges that Burning Man throws at you. So, but I do think having access to tickets can kind of eliminate some of that. But, you know, I think that's where the org has to step in just like after you know the george the george floyd incident and the black square incident where you see some of the 
what burners feel on these on these um, Instagram posts. And you have me over here trying to convince people that it's a safe space. And then they go over to the Burning Man side and they see different things and it doesn't feel safe coming to, to work with the org on how to do better and and standing fully and strongly behind radical inclusion. I think that's a huge, what was a huge thing this year is like, okay, if you're having radical inclusion as a principle, what does that really mean? And um, if you're going to be radical about it, then, you know, you should be radical. But I think the selling of, of all of that is, is so hard. And I honestly think the storytelling is helping a lot of it. Yeah. I, you, you made a very valid point then. It's something that I, in my rather blinkered, from my blinkered perspective, hadn't quite picked up which is the organization just needs to let people, their job is to, it, is to assure people that the, the outlay, the sacrifice in time, irrespective of time, is going to be worth it in the end. And I guess that yes. is where the storytelling aspect comes in. Because irrespective of whatever yes. hurdle you go through, you've got that ticket. You fight to get the ticket. You have to find a ride share. You have to find the right theme camp. Okay, you're not into cooking food. You live off takeouts all your life where you've got to sort out your food regime because no one's going to do that for you. But you scale all of those. And to coin a phrase, you arrive and you find yourself in the promised land. Right. You know, and that I guess is is the job they need to 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 focus on, uh, and that, with all the resources that are available, including the Black Burner Project, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a hard sell, because there's so millions of stories, mm-hmm. amazing stories that have emanated and originated in the desert yeah. through that through the event, yeah. life changing experiences. Oh yeah, and you can't you can't knock that if you realize that someone has had the most amazing experience that has changed their life, not as you rightly pointed out, got home and quit the job, but giving you an opportunity to expand the mind, to make more new contacts, to 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 find your calling, so to speak. It's very that's 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 not a hard sell. That's actually a no brainer for people. I'm. I'm and I, 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 unfortunately, I'd say majority of the people who go for tickets to go to the deserts aren't seeing it in that sort of way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it's become, so, even before I started to do the IG lives, I was interviewing people, all of my subjects, and I was sharing pieces of those stories when I would have an art exhibit, like I would, put, you know, um, blow up quotes from my interviews because it just gave a different, it just added to what the image was was telling you. And it became where people asked more questions because of this quote that I that I used from, um, from the stories. And the fact that you know, no one speaks about it in the sense that there's not challenges. Most of the stories are of challenges, but the fact that you end with, I'm going back every year, or you end with, it's not a challenge that defeated me it's really hard for someone to not become more curious about that 
experience or that story or why is it that everyone has these same th ideas in my head that seem to be so hard to you know worth me ignoring what burning man is and going people that's not even anything about what people have challenges about around in at burning man you know like the porta potties and the and the you know not showering is very minor <laughs> when it comes to it all but it's the biggest of the worries when it comes to someone who hasn't gone and especially oh. from um you know, in the BIPOC community. So I think hearing the stories and, and it never being about those challenges um, and also that the all the challenges that they have it turned into some story or magical story of learning, learning scenario, you know, it's it just opens the um, the mind in a different way for, um, for people to, you know, then start asking questions about different things that aren't based around their nerves of um you know a porta potty <laughs> yeah. so what's next for the black burner project oh goodness um i'm hoping a lot i'm hoping to to find ways to work with the org to um you know do more for the next whenever we get back there maybe that's um getting tickets or whatever i am thinking about turning the IG lives into a podcast, if not just continuing the IG lives, um, working with some camps, fleet working with you. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, with the, uh, we are from dust project. And um, I'm still, you know, it's just, I think I just want to become more, probably turn it into something where it's not just me <laughs> yeah. and build a team so that all of the ideas that I've had written down, I can actually bring to fruition. Be careful of what you wish for. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's work that I love. And I think it's the first time where I've um, found you know, my passion as a travel photographer, it encompasses that and encouraging people to explore something that they may not have and bringing awareness around something that someone may not have, but also it like niching down to, you know, encouraging more people of color to do so, so that, you know, they're the next people who are sharing their stories and encouraging people around them to, to do something as well. So. I, I think you're, you're, you're at a, in a very, in a prime position you've got the images and you've got the stories and yes. with those two combined you can't go wrong that's yeah. that is that is more or less the holy grail that is the thing that will sell whatever it is the organization wants to sell with regards to people of color and going to the event but also it establishes this project as one of a kind Mm -hmm. um, which which is rather unique and I say after 20 years of burning and more or less 21 or 22 years of more or less being with the organization I, I'd say there's I've not come across anything similar since. Thanks well I actually when you speak of that the stories and the images hopefully I'm working on putting those in a book and so that's, I think, one of the main projects that I don't know how I forgot about. <laughs> I'll be working on, <laughs> I am working on currently. Um, and it's always been something that I've wanted to do, but this one just seemed like the, 
outside of all my other images, this is like the one thing that I felt like would be perfect in a book and allow people to have um, closer contact and access to the images and some of which I haven't shared yet from the project and the stories. And some of mine, which I haven't even shared, you know, I'm always interviewing people, but I don't share all of all of my my stories. Well, hopefully we, when this this finally hits the ground, we'll be able to turn the camera on you for your ah. stories. <laughs> but Erin, thank you very, very much. It's been an immense delight chatting this through with you. And it's given me another insight into going to Burning Man as a black person. And I, I look forward to whatever we are from dust um, and the Black Burner project uh, put together. Yes, I'm excited about that. And I thank you for having me and for the work that you're doing too. So I appreciate you at least turning on the audio on me and asking about my experience. Well, the, one of the questions I was good, actually gonna ask is how many Black Burners have actually interviewed you about your experience? Oh, um, black burners? Yes. <laughs> None, I don't think. I've I've had someone interview me just because I was like, well, maybe we should ask someone, you know, maybe you want to ask me questions, but none. Um, no. <laughs> Thank you. You have been listening to the We Are From Dust podcast. A link to the Black Burner project is available on our website, www wearefromdust.org We Are From Dust is a non-profit organisation and you can support our mission to bring the transformative power of interactive art to public spaces and places by making an online donation. We Are From Dust is fiscally sponsored by the Sierra Art Foundation. <laughs>